Welcome to Making a Mess, a podcast by the Wise County Messenger. My name is Michael Eaton, and I'm the studio manager for Branded Film and Media right here on Decatur Town Square, and we're happy to be producing the podcast for The Messenger. Now here's your host, Richard Green from The Messenger. Let's get into today's episode. All right, thank you, Michael, and welcome back to Making a Mess. And uh, and this is second week in a row we've been here, so that's good. We're on quite a roll, and I'm joined by three special guests today. We got quite the full room. Um, joining me is the Messenger Special Projects Manager Brian Knox, and also a few guests coming in all the way from uh, Chico. Uh, Chico Superintendent Randy Bronner, and also High School Principal Bree Cox, and. Y'all have been kind of the talk of the county in the last uh, <laughs> last week or two, or they with the uh, decision uh, to go to a four day school week uh, for for a majority of the year. They, I was wondering, can y'all just start kind of talking about how this decision was made? And well, I guess the process started about five months ago, probably sometime late September, uh, early October. Uh, we. We just sat down at an administrator meeting and tried to identify the major issues that are facing our school district. And two of the things that kept coming up were we're on a kind of a gradual decline in student enrollment. Uh, it's not like a significant decline, but it's just a slow, gradual decline. And <clears throat> the second thing that we were concerned with is is what we felt at that point, which every day the snowball gets bigger, it seems, but a looming um, crisis, if you want to say, and trying to find qualified teachers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know probably at this point everybody's heard on the news or heard in the paper that, that there's a teacher shortage um, that I think is is the experiences are real now, but I think the experiences are going to be more severe as the years go on. And so – we identified those as the two core issues um, in, in our world and in our little school district, and and we are right there at the break-even point in our budget. Um, um, in fact, we might have been a little, might have had to pull a little bit out of fund deficit uh, last year. And students equal money, mm-hmm. and when you're losing enrollment, you're losing money. And so we so the easy solution is to throw money at it. Well, you can't throw money at it. So what do you do? And so we sat down as an administrative team and said, let's think outside the box and 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 something that doesn't necessarily come with a heavy price point is looking at your your school calendar and and being creative in ways that might attract students and might attract quality teachers. Um, as far as as a teacher input and your staff, and when y'all were talking about this decision, how much input did you get from teachers and the faculty members, you know, on this? So we did first, we sent out a survey um, to just gather input from our staff. Cause obviously if our current staff isn't on board, then we really didn't want to entertain the four day week without, you know, it being something that they could work. And we got 98% approval from our current staff. It was something that um, they were really interested in. And we do have a lot of veteran staff and they do work really hard and they're up there on Saturdays and Sundays and they're not getting a lot of family time or free time. So it was going to kind of give them more time to work together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's why they were um, in favor. Um, yeah, And and <clears throat> that was really eye-opening to me because I, um, I was really hoping it would be above 70% because if you can get 95 to 
percent of anybody to agree on anything. Yeah, especially you, today. Yeah, yeah, you might be onto something. And so when when we seen those survey results, man, I looked at the administrative team. I was like, that's like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so so we knew that we knew that that was um, at a minimum something that would boost our morale uh, if we could get it accomplished. And we felt if our faculty felt that way, well, our faculty is not unlike any other faculty in the county or the state. Hmm. And so we felt like that might be indicative of a larger, um, uh, uh, what all teachers might be thinking or Mm -hmm. or a majority of teachers might be thinking. And that might help us solve one of our two problems, which is trying to bring in good teachers. Mm -hmm. I know one of the things was uh, probably the first reaction to a lot of parents, especially the ones that work five days a week is, uh, that having kids not going to school on Friday, childcare issue. Can y'all kind of maybe talk about how y'all address that? That, and to be honest, that's the most prevailing um, fear, complaint, concern um, was the childcare issue, and and it's real. Um, and but but from a, a leadership perspective, I had reached out to many superintendents. You know, we're not the first one in the world to do this. I mean, <laughs> every every good idea is stolen from somebody. And, <laughs> and uh, we did our research and we've, we talked to other superintendents that have done that. And they said, listen, that's the same thing everybody hears. But in two or three months, that child, could, once, once people adapt to the schedule, they, they're okay with it. And it's just a normal thing to them. And so it's very real. And that's why we wanted to get our calendar out as early as possible. We didn't want to wait till June or July to make this decision mm-hmm. to give our parents, um, Apple opportunity and Apple time to to find solutions on those childcare days and and we're still in the process of trying to help in some ways you know whether it's daycare or or some of our uh, you know con, uh, FCCLA programs you know offering uh, childcare services uh, so there, there's a few kinks that that until you a- apply the actual calendar you can't have firm solutions but I think. From talking to other experienced people that have done the calendar, I think it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. With uh, with this change, the school day is getting a little longer. And uh, what kind of impact do you anticipate on uh, kind of academics and and what happens in the classroom? Honestly, after speaking to the staff, um, they are more thrilled with more time in the classroom. Like right now I have 45 minute classes, which is the minimum that you can have. So a lot of the responses I've gotten back at the high school level has been excitement because you're able to accomplish more um, in the classroom. I can kind of speak. I was at the elementary campus before. I know we've heard a lot of buzz, like, you know, kids having a longer day. Mm -hmm. It's all in the planning. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter the amount of time. If you're a good teacher, you can plan that day to where it's not exhausting on that kid. The younger kids have nap time. So you can kind of look at their schedule. And that's why we reached out immediately to one of our pre-K teachers and got her in on the committee to let her, you know, kind of look at it and look at the other schools that are doing it to determine like how they really made that pre-K kinder first grade schedule work. So once you really look at it on paper, you can find the advantages to having more time in the day. Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of exhaustion from our younger kids. Um, if you're a good teacher, you can plan that out, and we have fantastic teachers in those younger grade levels. And and then another thing that we felt was in this calendar, there's 13, I believe it's 13, extra professional development days. Mm-hmm. 
And we've kind of went to the mantra of quality, not quality or quality, not quantity uh, as far as days go. And so we feel like if we if we are sincere and use those 13 PD days the way they should be, then those lessons are going to be higher quality, um, um, more refined lessons mm-hmm. to to um, we're hoping the instruction will actually be better. And that's the um, expectation going into it. The more PD days we have, the better instruction should be. How do y'all gauge success on this? I mean, it may not be like, you know, like you said, like right away, um, you know, it may take a little time to get used to. So how do y'all looking forward, you know, uh, how long do y'all think it would take to <laughs> yeah. bring that, which are hope, you know, bring to accomplish your goals, that sort of thing. Well, I, I've, I've, I've told the administrative team and the community from the get go, you know, the, the number one metric is, is student performance. Yeah. And, and we cannot, nor are we willing to let student performance suffer. And if student performance suffers, um, and, 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 and there's so many variables that go into student performance. Sometimes it's, you know, cause the minutes are not going to be any different. They're still going to have 75,600 minutes this year. They'll have 75,600 minutes next year. Um, obviously we're coming off a pandemic, which, which we don't fully understand the impacts of COVID-19 and th- that loss of instruction. Uh, those things may not be realized for two and three and four years. Mm-hmm. And so if we ever as an administrative team sat down and, and thought this calendar was, uh, significantly detrimental to student performance, we're going to drop the calendar. Um, I would like to go a three year pilot plan and, and see year over year over year how this is working. Um, but if it was, a, if it was significantly, if we felt in our hearts that it was significantly impacting student performance, we would drop it at the end of next year. And I think another way that we are going to be looking to see the positive impacts is to look for the, at the principal level, just be vigilant and looking at those classrooms. Because if I'm going to give my teachers more time to plan and more time to work together, then the expectations of the lessons that are in that classroom are going to be higher. And they know that. And the teacher is aware of that going in. So I think just us being, you know, eyes on the scene and knowing what's going on and just watching those lessons is going to be a huge factor that plays into success. And, and two other metrics, uh, obviously, I won't I want it to be known student performance is the number one metric, but, but, uh, two other metrics for, for success would be, you know, we've been on a 12 to 15 year steady decline in enrollment. Mm-hmm. Well, do we halt that? Do we mitigate that? Does it start going up? That's one thing that we're going to be, uh, carefully looking at. The other thing is just something as simple as looking at our applicant pools. Yeah. You know, are we, uh, and, and I'll tell you this, and this is crazy and I hate to throw this out, but, you know, last year when I hired Bree, I think we had 13 or 14 applicants for the high school principal's job. Well, I posted a job a month ago for the middle school principal, had 38 applicants. Hmm. It, and and is it because they're hearing rumors of the four-day week? I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. And some of those, again, it, it, there's other variables that, that cause people to apply for jobs. Uh, but 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 you anecdotally, you can just look and say, hey, I had – 14 for this position one year ago, and I had 38 for this wow. position a year later. And so, so those are other, you know, cause again, if we stay to our core principles, you know, address loss in student enrollment and attract and retain great teachers, you know, those, var- those, those variables have to be studied to, to, to determine if this is a successful program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was going to be a question I had. I know you're just kind of starting with 
teacher contracts in the next month, but that would be interesting to see kind of what kind of applicants and any openings have you have so far? Have you already started seeing more applicants? Yes, And and I can tell you in years past, um, we would have a coaching opening or just a teaching opening and you would get three to seven applicants. You know, I've got one uh, junior high ELA position that I've already got 22 applicants for. And so, um, and again, you hate to just, yeah. I, I don't want to take a victory lap and say, Hey, it's because of the four day week. Mm-hmm. We, there's gotta, it's gotta be bared out over time yeah. uh, and not be an anomaly. And something else, uh, when I was working on a story just a few weeks ago about the teacher shortage and, you know, school districts trying to come up with a solution for that. One superintendent told me, you know, one of the greatest things that we can give our staff is time and it sounds like that's what this is trying to address. You know, will this kind of allow limit some of the the out of office or just uh, some of the work that teachers are having to do at home with the with grading the, papers and such? Or the plan going forward is that one Friday a month will be dedicated to professional development, mm-hmm. um, and then the other three Fridays per month will be you, you you're home you're at home mm-hmm. and uh and there is um. And I know you are not intimately involved in education, but, mm-hmm. but, and I'd like Bree to expand a little bit. I'll open the door for Bree to expand on it. But there is a certain amount of, um, a, a higher stress level, a certain amount of anguish yeah. that our teachers have experienced since COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there seems to be a lot more pressure. There seems to be a lot more burnout. There seems to be a lot more, um, just, we're tired. We're tired, Mr. Bronner. And, um, I'll let Bree expand on that, but, but just having one extra day to decompress, uh, I think in my, of course, it's not going to affect me and Bree. We're working two (laughs) twenty six. but for our teachers, I think one day to decompress, uh, one extra day to decompress can be huge. And I really think when we had our school board meeting, we were, I mean, the teachers know there's only one Friday that they're required to be up there, but I would love for somebody to drive past our parking lot on the Fridays, they're not required to be there because they're going to be there because a good teacher is going to still be up there in their classroom. But what you can get accomplished on that one Friday when you don't have kids and you don't have meetings is just unbelievable. That's why I still go up there on Sunday afternoons because when the building's empty, you can move mountains. And I think with COVID, they went multiple years where we were teaching kids at home and you're teaching kids in the classroom that doubles their load for first period. You're now teaching two different groups. And so now we're outside of that, but now we're struggling to get those kids who were at home for so long caught up. So I think this is a way to tell our teachers that we've, you know, we've heard them. We know they're struggling. We know it's going to take years to close gaps. Well, now we're going to give you more time to work with your teachers on Fridays and plan together and, my biggest thing, um, I'm a che- very, very, very proud Chico graduate, and a lot of the teachers who are still there taught me, and we're having a lot of them that are retiring, and we're not able to really utilize all that knowledge before it's gone. I can't tell you how many times we think about we're about to get into some project in the year, and oh my gosh, so-and-so used to, to lead that, and she's not here. We don't know what to do. So I think those Fridays, those PD Fridays, it's going to give us the opportunity to take that veteran staff and help them train up our young teachers because we have a lot of young teachers now so that all that knowledge doesn't ever walk out the door. It just transfers to one of those younger teachers. And man, if we can have more teachers teaching 
like some of the teachers we have over there, I mean, we're, we're setting ourselves up for success for years, in my opinion. And I will say <clears throat> someone much smarter than me is going to figure this out, but society made some kind of shift after we moved through this pandemic and, and you see 4.8 million people leave the workforce last September. And then you look in November and 4.6 million people leave the workforce in November. Well, there's something that somebody smarter than me, that's going to have to answer a sociologist that will figure it out. But in my mind, I think that, that there's been a shift to, Hey, if, if everything's going to go to heck in a handbasket, let's spend more time with the people we love and spend time with our families. And, and sometimes I think this three, this three day weekend gives our teachers an opportunity to do that. And, and I know I can't, I can't speak from it from a, from an academic point of view, but something has changed in society. And I think everybody feels it, but maybe everybody can't put their finger on it. And I think, I think people, when you're going through hard times, people start saying, Hey, what, really means something to me what means something and family is obviously going to be the number one thing uh your health and your family and um and i think this gives our teachers a chance to 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 spend more time there and i think you see other businesses going four day or work from home day or whatever it's the the working model i think is forever altered and that it's just a matter of time before that starts affecting education and it already has yeah Y'all got any feedback from the kids yet or students? Are they excited about it? Or? <laughs> you know, uh, that's what's weird because, of course, Bree comes from a different background than me because she was a good student. And I, ne- I wasn't necessarily the greatest <laughs> student because I would have loved the four-day week. Well, and uh, so, I mean, I was like, heck yeah. I, I did. So before we got too far into it, I pulled all my juniors in because, I mean, they're seniors. It's their senior year that we were talking about. So their opinion really mattered to me. And – in Chico, you know, we don't have a lot of kids, but we have a lot of programs. And I'm telling you, when you have a good kid, they're involved in so many programs there. And it's exhausting. And so that Friday is going to give them the option to come up and work on their ag projects or to get caught up in their schoolwork or to sleep because they were out till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at a track meet. Cheerleading. He's going to bring up cheerleading because that's my secret love. <laughs> Um, but we do, we fought over kids. So I was a cheer sponsor and I, I know they need to be at volleyball. I know they need to be in ag. So I'm waiting until seven 30 at night before I get them. So it's going to give our kids who are involved in everything, a, a moment to just pause or a moment to get caught up, whatever is needed that week. And when you're at a small school, you don't want to see them burn out. That that's, we, we don't want that to happen to our kids because without all of them being involved, we, we don't have those programs. Yeah. So I think it's going to give them a chance to slow down. Well, it'll be very interesting to see how everything that happens over in Chico in the next year, especially as you move into this schedule. Like I said, there's been a lot of buzz. People have been asking me, hey, will you think about this? You know, everything. And, you know, I think it's very interesting to, to look at this approach. And it's an approach that, you know, I'm sure that several other school districts, right. as you mentioned um, there's been some in the state of already moved to this, but right. we've been surprised we've not seen other schools in our area look at this too. Yes. And I've and I've talked to a bunch of superintendents and including a bunch of superintendents in the county and and I, I just caution the constituents at each one of those schools what what is right for Chico and our mm-hmm. needs that we had to address 
may not be the same at Decatur, Bridgeport, Paradise, Boyd, or Alvord. And so, or in Slidell, I don't want to leave Slidell. I'm only Taylor out. She'll get mad at me. But, uh, but we had to address unique or issues that are unique to us. And we feel that this gives us the best chance to do that. But our issues may not be the same as, as the other ones in the county at, at other schools. So. Well, Bree, Randy, hey, I appreciate the time and uh, always look forward to visiting with you. Thank y'all. And thank y'all for what y'all do uh, covering our sports and covering uh, our, our community events. Appreciate it.